Our reading this week comes from 2 Corinthians. And so it's really reading through those chapters, looking over them, and often thinking what would be a good way to introduce a lot of the thoughts here. So if you have your Bible, let's open to 2 Corinthians, and let's just go to chapter 1. And the main passage we're going to look at tonight is verses 3 through 11. 2 Corinthians is very unique, very different, it feels, when I read it than the other epistles. And it's very much in contrast to 1 Corinthians. One thing that stands out to me is we have a constant reminder in 2 Corinthians of who our God is and the blessings that come from being a Christian, the light that we shine through, whatever we endure. And there's a number of things throughout 2 Corinthians that Paul says, listen, you do this, and it leads to people recognizing God and giving thanks to God. Well, that's a very fitting theme for this month. So we think about the subject of thanksgiving, and we think about the things that we do that cause others to thank God and to look to Him. We want to increase in that. We also want to think about tonight is uh, the blessings we have and the fact that we have a God of who is the God of all comfort. He gives us peace and times of conflict and times of affliction. And that's what we're going to read here. And we know that we're very much blessed that we have God to rely upon in those difficult times. But I, I want to think about this and the things that Paul brings up here is how can we... we increase our reliance upon Him. I know that our faith and our trust in God increases by the Word of God. We have faith by the Word of God. And I hope that we think about these things and, and make sure that what we read becomes reality for us. The only way we're going to do that is not merely by just merely reading it, but to think, this is what, is, what is God is telling me to do. This is what He's compelling me to do, and I'm going to make changes in my life. I'm going to think in a different way. You know, I know it's hard that, to make habits, but I have to set my mind and say, okay, I'm not going to do this. And sometimes for me, when I'm setting a new habit, I just tell myself I'm going to do this for two weeks. That's it, two weeks. And so that, that's usually my thing is I will have my, my mindset in that way. For you, it might be two days, it might be a month, whatever is both easy and doable, and yet you also find after that a period of time that even if your habits don't completely change, they change some. I found that works in many ways. So I hope that in our study of the scriptures that we think in a different way. That we say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make that change. Write it down and make some adjustments in my life. Try it for a, a period of time and continue to increase seeking out God and, and, uh, and growing closer to Him and drawing near to Him. So let's go to 2 Corinthians right now. Again, if you're already there, we're going to go in verses 3 through 11. I want to look at here and what the Bible says about God and, and about what Paul has to say about God being God of comfort and encouragement. Let's begin. All right, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Is that true? It is true. It kind of ties in what we were looking at this morning. We're looking at the armor of God. I have difficult and hard times. I need an anchor. I need someone who gives me comfort and peace. And I, I want that peace. And this is a beautiful statement. God, He is the God of all comfort. Look at verse 4. Who comforts us in all our affliction. 
And you notice that. If you're a Christian who really believes and you trust in Him, you know that when hard times come, you'll get down on your knees and you pray. And you'll call out to God. And you want to be around other Christians. And you'll call other people to pray for you. You want their encouragement. Those, those are great things for you to be doing. And that shows that you recognize that God is the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That would be a very hard thing to do if someone says they don't believe in God. But what do we do? We plead with them. So these difficult times, when I had to go through this, I had to rely on my faith and trust in God and in prayer. And I would encourage that person, whoever they are, to do the same thing. I have, and I would continue to want to do that. Look at verse 5. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. So you have this depiction here from Paul that the sufferings that we go through is a part of sharing with Christ in suffering. Let's keep reading verse 6. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And now Paul's talking about himself and Timothy, the things that they have endured and they go through. And he says, when we go through them, the things that we're afflicted by, they should give you comfort and salvation. Uh, and that might sound a little peculiar. But when someone endures something for their faith and they do it happily, they do it rejoicingly, and they endure through it, that's always encouraging to us. We're thinking, well, if, if they did it, they're the ones who've set the example before us and encourages us to follow, behind, follow after them. We probably think about family members, those who have been mentors to us for our faith growing up. And men or women, or mother or father, maybe grandparents, those who we saw their faith demonstrated in their life. And it's made the biggest difference because we know what they went through and we see their example and there's no other way to go. We follow after them. So Paul says, if we are afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort from which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. And I think you understand that. I think that we understand that when... Uh, when we go through times of mourning, we often endure that together. When we think of other brethren, I think of people in, that I know, other preachers or uh, just other Christians at other churches, and when they go through hard times, I'm praying for them, and, and I feel for their distress. I mean, some, at the same time, when I hear of those who have uh, you know, new, new children in their family or great things are happening or someone has been baptized, I rejoice. I want to hear about that. I love to hear about that from other congregations. So there's that comfort that comes there as well. Let's finish reading verses 8 uh, down to verse 11. He says, for we, uh, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. And you just think about that. There are a lot of things that we go through and we're afflicted with in life where we think, I, there's nothing I can do about this. I can't control it. I have no strength over it. What am I going to do? And even to the point where if it's a matter of your health, you think, it's all in God's hand. What, what can I do? There's nothing I can do but pray and rely upon Him. And so they're at that point. That's what they endured. That's what Paul says they endured there. Look at verse 9. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. We felt like this is the end. 
But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Now, why would that be? Well, you're going through these things and you're facing the, the end of life kind of a situation and it takes, takes you to the point of saying, I rely on God. Paul says, we went through that so that we would do that. You think about the, things that you, the hardest things that you've had to endure in life and they've caused you to reflect in these ways. That you're going to lean and trust upon your Creator. That's what Paul is saying here. Now look at verse 11. You can't miss it. He says here, I, I, let me back up a little bit. All right, so let's back up to verse 9 at the very end. He says, but that was to make you rely, to make us rely, not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Notice his hope there on the resurrection. Verse 10, he delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver, and he will deliver us. And on him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer. Notice this, verse 11. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. And what's he talking about? You help us. You ever think about that? that do the prayers of others help you? I think we would say that, but maybe we forget it sometimes. I need those prayers. And we all need those prayers. And we want to continue to, to think about each other in that area. But I, I wonder sometimes, and maybe it's just my thinking, that we lower the need for prayers. I had somebody say to me one time, I'm praying for you. And I don't know why I said it, and I regret saying it. It's like, you pray for someone else. I, I don't need prayers. That was a foolish thing for me to say. That was a long time ago. But I remember saying it, and I regret it the minute it came out of my mouth. Here we see this again, the prayer of many. We need it. And, and then we see also here that those many prayers and the work that Paul's doing and the work that we're doing and the, the giving. For instance, one thing that stands out to me in St. Corinthians in chapters 8 and 9 is that they say your generous giving. Paul says your generous giving leads to more people to recognize God and give thanks to Him because it came from you and you did it because of your faith in God and in Christ. All those things. They're huge. They make a great impact. And anything I can do to get someone to thank God, I want to do. Definitely. So as we, we've read that passage, I could go point by point back through there, but I think that we've done a thorough job looking at that. But what trials have you endured for Christ? You know, I was thinking about this and studying on it. One thing that's very true, God is not surprised by the things that you're afflicted by. He's not surprised by the hardships that you have and the things that you go through. He knows they're coming. He knows they're going to happen. He knows we're going to endure them. He also knows that he's, that he's going to work all things for good, especially, specifically, for those who love him. So there's no surprise in that. I want you to think a, a little bit further here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. I want to share another passage with you. There's two things I want to show you think, for us to think about tonight. In 2 Corinthians 4, 15 through 18. Listen to what Paul says. He says, For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving. Again, there's an emphasis here in 2 Corinthians on thanksgiving, on the spreading of the gospel, and the goodwill, the great things that they're doing, that it increases thanksgiving to the glory of God. 
think about that for a moment. When you, when you praise God, what are you doing? When we thank God, what are we doing? When we thanking God, we're saying, God, I have great gratitude and appreciation for what you have done for me. And we, we will often list it. You did this for me, and you did this for me, and you did this. We're now recognizing the works of God. And you say it out loud, what is that? That's praising God. You think what it means to praise God is to recognize His attributes and to talk about His great works, that, the things that He does in, in our life. You know, I hear some people go around, and you, you probably heard this, that something good happens and they'll just say, praise Jesus. And I think, that's good, but is that the only way you praise Jesus? Just by saying it, just saying, you know, those, those kind of words. And sometimes they, they might sound a little empty. I want to hear, you know, why are we praising Jesus? Why are we thanking God? Why are the, what are these great things about him that, give, that we're giving glory to? When we give the idea of glorifying God, again, we're bringing out the attributes, the character of God, and we're speaking them out, recognizing them, observing them, looking at the world around us, seeing the good deeds in others, and we're talking about them. We're observing that we're, we're speaking to each other. And all of that brings about thanksgiving. Let's keep reading here what Paul says. He says, so we do not lose heart. And it strengthens us. Another thing that also stands out to me when you look at the subject of thanksgiving is that joy and encouragement comes from thanksgiving. Comfort, the God of all comfort, it always comes from that. If you're missing joy in your life, you need to be thanking God more and counting your blessings. And that will encourage your heart. These are things that stand out here and throughout Scripture. Keep reading here. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, notice his description here, Paul's description of this affliction. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Sounds like Paul also in Romans chapter 8. He says all the things we're going through now, yes, they're hard and they're often difficult. And it may seem like they may never end. And death might be at the end of it. But it's light and it's momentary in the scope of the eternal weight of glory. That's beyond all comparison, he says. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are, are transient. They're just moving. They're going to end. They're going to fade away. He says, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And take comfort in those. As Paul says these things, and he mentions light and momentary afflictions, what does he have in mind? You know, am I inferring too much? Well, this is going to bring me to my last scripture. Go a little bit further. Go to chapter 6. And begin in verse 3. And Paul tells us some things about what he's talking about, these things that he has been enduring and that we endure. He says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found in our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance. We can commend ourselves what? By endurance, by going through hard times in inflictions and hardships and calamities. And he goes on. Beatings, imprisonments, riots. How much have we endured things like that? He says, labors, sleepless nights and hunger, by purity and knowledge and patience and kindness and the Holy Spirit and genuine love. And so he brings them all to their mind as far as commendations for their example. You see the affliction. You also see the great 
example that comes from them. Verse 7, he says, But truth will speech in the power of God. He says, With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left hand. What are those weapons of righteousness? It's a part of the armor of God again. He says in verse 8, Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. You, know, you, you get both of these things in life. There are times when you're praised, times, times when you're being slandered. He says, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, sorrowful and yet always rejoicing, as poor and yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. I like the things that Paul says there. They're very encouraging. Puts things in perspective. We think about the things in our life that we endure. We put our hope in God. He is the God of all comfort. Tonight, let's not forget to give thanks. To take, God, take comfort in what God has done for us. And the strength that He continues to give us in whatever we face. I have a few questions to ask you as we are concluding. Are you recognizing, are you recognizing God's works in your life? Are you doing that? Are you looking at the blessings? I hope that we do that. That might be a habit we would want to, to set out uh, to put into our prayer life. Can others give thanks to God because they know why you do what you do, who you live for? If we do good to others and, they just, and we get all the credit, it, it doesn't seem right. They should know that it's coming from our faith in God and in Christ. That needs to be the basis, the one of whom we give credit to. Another question, and what we've seen here is, do you seek out God in hard times? I, I know there are some who will confess faith and say they believe in God. And when hard times come, they don't want to turn to God. And I don't, I don't understand it. They don't want to pray to Him. They don't want to read Scripture. They just close off. And there's a lot of things that can go along with that. And I think the only way we'll be able to affect them is to learn from the things that we've studied tonight. That we carry God with us as a constant comfort, and the one of whom we give thanks and we continue to pray with in all times. I hope these things are encouraging to you as we think about and you read through 2 Corinthians. I think there's a lot of things that will, will, will give us comfort. And in this month, when we're talking and thinking about Thanksgiving, there may be no better book in the Bible for us to be studying than 2 Corinthians. So I hope you open your eyes and pay attention to things that are said about Thanksgiving there. If anybody tonight needs to obey the gospel, and if you need the prayers of the church, I encourage you now. Let's sing together.